I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I am the resurrection and the life. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Well, good morning, Northside. Um, like Kyle said, my name is Jacob and I get to serve on our student team. But today I'm excited that I just get to be here with you all continuing our series called I Am. And today we're looking at the statement, I am the gate or I am the door. Um, and I don't know if, if you think this way or if this matters to you, but hopefully by the end of today, it will matter to you. Um, but the doors that you enter in life matter. The doors that you enter into in your life they matter. Um, a perfect example of this is when I was younger, um, I was maybe in second or third grade, I was walking in my aunt's house and I had to use the restroom as you do when you're a second or third grader. And so I walk down the hallway of my aunt's house and I get up to the bathroom and the door is shut. And for me, I'm thinking this is just an obstacle to the end of the goal, right? Like I just have to like get in there and do what I gotta do. And so I just opened the door confidently and in the bathroom was my aunt using the bathroom. Um, that door mattered. Now I tell you that story <laughs> I tell you that story because last night before service started, like two minutes before, someone did that to me backstage. So uh, that, thank you, Lord, for teaching me that lesson. Um, those doors matter, y'all. Like those doors really, really matter. A few weeks ago, I got to go to my, two of my best friends in the world, Kyle and Lil. Kyle, who was just standing right here hosting, I went to his house um, at 7 a.m. on purpose. I went there at 7 a.m. And me and a few other people, um, we got to be a part of a cheering section for their son, Conley, on his first day of kindergarten. And so we get there at 7 a.m., we're in the driveway, and I don't think anyone else on the street had a full-on cheering section that was just like, you got it, buddy. Like, and so the bus comes up, and it's his first day of kindergarten. He's never on the bus before, and he goes around the bus, and we're all like, good job, buddy, you're doing it. And the door opens. And there's just this moment you're like, okay, what's gonna happen? How's this gonna go? And he steps up onto the bus and he goes and he sits in the window and we're looking, we're like, is he gonna be okay? Is he gonna be crying? And as the bus drives past us, he's just smiling like, ah, I'm going to school, right? And I'm crying, he's not even my kid, I'm crying. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is the saddest thing ever. But you could not convince me that day. You could not convince me any otherwise that Doors don't matter. The doors you enter, they, they absolutely matter. If you're a teenager in here, or if you're the parent of a teenager in here, the first time that you or your, your child opens the driver's side door, oh yeah. Not the passenger side, not the back seat, not the trunk, I'm not sure why, but like the first time they open the driver's side door and they take the keys and they get in and they start, that matters y'all. That door matters because I can say it a thousand times, I'm probably gonna say it a thousand more. The doors you enter matter. Think about where you've been the past week even, physically, where have you gone? What doors have you physically walked into? Are you happy about all of them? Are there some that you regret? Are there some that you're sad that you couldn't spend more time or you couldn't go through more 
often those doors matter. Think about the virtual doors that you enter. Every time you get online or you go onto an app or you get onto a streaming service, those are doors that you're entering. Are are you proud of those doors that you're entering? Are you happy? Are they giving you what you think they're gonna give you? Think about the, the, not the virtual, the physical, but just like the opportunities, those doors that open for us. Maybe it's a new job opportunity. Maybe it's a relationship that you're entering into. Maybe it's just a new venture that you're going after, a new hobby. All these doors open all around us. You need to know this. The doors that you enter matter. And the doors that you don't enter, they matter too. It's the difference between entering the door of Taco Bell or entering the door of Jeff Ruby's Steakhouse in Louisville. I mean, one of those is an incredible meal and one of those is just Jeff Ruby's, right? Like, like, (laughs) oh, you, (laughs) y'all forget that's, um, I'm balling on a budget out here, so. But the doors that you enter matter and the doors that you miss matter. So today, when we read the scripture in just a second, where it says that Jesus, he looks at people and says, I am the gate, I am the door, that door matters. And if you enter, it matters. And if you miss it, it matters. So our scripture today is gonna be John 10. If you have your Bible, feel free to look it up. If you can be trusted um, on your phone looking at the Bible and you won't be tempted by text messages and apps, go ahead. It's the same holy inspired word. But John 10, verses 7 through 10. I'm going to read it out loud, um, but I want you to see it for yourself. And here is what the word says. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. Now, I guarantee that um, I'm just preaching to the choir here and that all of you know and are up to date on your biblical sheep pins, all right? I know that you guys all know this stuff, but in case you don't, here's a picture that I have brought for us, okay? So there is a biblical sheep pen. As you can see, Jesus is talking about this when he's using, um, when he's talking about these verses. He's talking about this big enclosure. It's made of stones that were stacked on top of each other, maybe five or six feet tall. And then sometimes they would be enclosed like this. Sometimes they would back up to the end of a mountain. And then as you see at the very, very front, there's this door. There's just this little gate and there's only one door in and one door out. And in this case, for these sheep, um, that door really, really mattered. It kept predators out. It was their one way in and out to the pasture and then back into safety. Um, Thieves and robbers, the only way that they could get in is if they climbed over those walls. And so Jesus is using this imagery of, of exactly that. And he's, everyone listening, um, what he is saying, they're thinking, oh man, okay, when he's the door to the sheep, that matters. That really matters. And, and there's a lot of like metaphor in here and imagery and theologians. Like if you looked up, I am the door to the sheep, you would see all these conflicting views about what all the metaphors mean. But here's the big idea that everyone can agree on. Jesus is saying in these phrases, in these sentences, that he is the only entryway into salvation into eternal life, into heaven. He says it right here. He says, all who enter by me will be saved. But then furthermore, he says, my purpose is also to give them a rich and satisfying life. And what he is saying in this phrase is Jesus is is, is the only entry into a better life, your best life on earth and in heaven. 
He's making that really clear. Jesus is saying, I am the only entry into your best life on earth and in heaven. And listen, y'all, we could, we could be done right now. I could say, amen, y'all can go. You'd be happy because I talked for eight minutes. You'd be like, this is great. Let's go eat pancakes, right? Like, let's get out of here from church. And I could, you know, give you a pat on the back and you could go out and get a snack and be really nice. And you could be like, man, Jesus is so awesome. But here's the deal. Um, Jesus is so awesome. But when he is saying this, he isn't saying it in the most nice, awesome way. It's not a moment where he's, he's got his disciples sitting on the ground around him. He's like, okay, buddies, listen, this is going to be really, he's not doing that. In fact, he's, it's a rebuke. He's cutting in to some people because the people that he's talking to are the Pharisees. If you don't know who the Pharisees are, or if I just need to remind you just really quickly, the Pharisees were this group of people who were alive during Jesus' time. They knew a lot about God. In fact, they would usually have the first five books of the Old Testament memorized. They would have it on lock and they could bring it out at any single time. Um, and they knew a lot about God and they used that knowledge to have stature in the community and they would do things and try to add all these different um, hoops to try to get into the church. But while they knew a lot about God, they didn't know God. Pause for just a second. And let me say that one more time. The Pharisees knew a lot about God. They didn't know God. And Jesus is looking at him saying, y'all have got the wrong door. In fact, what's happening in this story, why he even talks about the gate, um, Jesus has just healed a blind man in John 9. And so he healed a blind man, the blind man can see again, and the Pharisees hear about this and they go talk to the blind man and they say, hey, heard you can see now, um, who did this to you? And he says, Jesus. And instead of being like, wow, Jesus is awesome. I am so happy that he did this. How great is God? They say, you know what? Satan, get out of the church. And they throw him out of the synagogue. And Jesus is looking at him just like, are you guys missing it? Is this, is this not what's happening? This is how he says it in Matthew 23, 13. He says, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the door, the doors you enter matter. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You won't go in yourselves and you don't let others enter either. And Jesus, when he's talking about this gate for the sheep, he is saying, y'all have got the wrong door. I am the door. I am the only entryway into your best life on heaven and on earth. And Pharisees, you are going through the wrong door. And here's what's happening and here's what happens in our lives too, y'all. There are many doors, many doors that promise Life, but they lead to death. Many doors promise life, but lead to death. This is, Jesus said it. He says, all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. And church, let me just put it like this. Sometimes we chase after doors that we think are gonna give us life. We think if I can just get this, if I can just have this, if I can just experience this, if I can just do this, then I'm gonna experience life. I'm gonna feel rich and full. I'm gonna have my best life on earth. And if I can do enough good stuff too, I'm gonna have my best life after earth as well. And we run and we chase after the doors, the doors, the doors. And I'm here to tell you, actually it's not me, it's Jesus. Only one door brings life. And many doors promise life, but they lead to death. Um, during the Holocaust, one of the, the most horrific concentration camp was Auschwitz. And um, I don't know if you know all the history of it, but 
1.3 million people were brought to Auschwitz and 1.1 million were killed there. And that's heavy. Um, but what's even wilder is, is when you think about how when, when the, the Jews would get off of the train, they would be on this road that led into the concentration camp. And as they were walking in, there would be this gate, a door above the entrance to Auschwitz. And this phrase in German was on it. And it was, it was this, I don't speak German, so forgive me if I just absolutely mispronounce this, but it's Arbeit macht free. And the phrase in English means this, um, work sets you free. And so I want to pause and make sure that we're seeing what's happening here. As the Jews would be walking into death, there was a promise of life on the gate. And many doors promise life, but they lead to death. Let me just ask you really quickly, and I really want you to take a second to think about it. What, what door are you chasing after right now? What door are you looking at that's gonna give you the life you think you're after? What door are you chasing after you think if you just do enough good stuff, then you're gonna be saved and you're gonna be good? Because I can promise you there's only one door that leads to your best life on earth and in heaven. Um, so often we pray for opportunities. We say, God, can you open this door? Um, I mean, for example, so often one of my prayers has been like, God, will you just bring um, a Chipotle to Charlestown Road? Like, I, it doesn't need to be a sit down. I'll even take an express, right? Like, whatever you need it to be, God. And then he says, um, State Street, right? He's like, you get, I'm like, not even Great Line, God, please. Uh, but we pray for these opportunities. We pray for these ways that God will open doors for us. And then sometimes we actually chase after the, the door God opened for us as opposed to the true door. We think, God, can you just do this for me? And then he opens a door and we're like, man, if I can just get through this door that God opened for me. And God's like, I'm the door, you've missed it. And so often we chase after the wrong thing. Maybe you're chasing after success. And one of your prayers is you're just like, God, can I just get some more money? You're chasing after a little bit more success. You're thinking, if I just get a little bit more money and then you get that money, then you're like, can I just get a little bit more money? And then you get that money. Can I get a little bit more money? Can I get... And you keep chasing and chasing and chasing and it doesn't ever bring you the life you're looking for. Or chasing after a grade or, or a school or maybe just chasing after graduation because um, if you can get this grade, then your parents will get off your back. And then you'll finally be free and you'll feel like you can finally go do stuff. If you get into this school, then it feels like then you'll be set and your life will finally be on the right trajectory. Trajectory. Maybe you're chasing after um, just the success of your child and you're living vicariously through your kid and you're thinking, if they can just do this, then I'll be happy. Let me just tell you right now, that door does not lead to life. It leads to a slow spiritual death because it's not the life that Jesus can give. It might be good for a second, but it's not gonna give you life. Are you chasing after a relationship? Are you chasing after a broken relationship? Or maybe you're a parent and you're just thinking, if I can just talk to my daughter again, if I can just talk to my son, if they would just look at me in the eye and be proud of me and, and be a part of my life, then I would be whole and I would be full. Maybe your marriage is just shaking and shaking and shaking and you're afraid if it shakes anymore, it's gonna turn into breaking. And you're like, God, if you can just fix my marriage, then finally I'll be happy and finally I'll be good. And let me just tell you, maybe you will for a little bit, but it's not gonna give you the life that Jesus offers. Maybe what you're chasing after is being a good person, or maybe let's get really specific here for a second. Maybe what you think is gonna give you life is if you're a good Christian, 
And you're thinking, if I can just know a little more scripture, if I can just pray a little bit more, if I can worship a little bit more, if I can turn up away FM a little bit louder, right? Then, then God is gonna be like, man, you are good and you're gonna have life. And let me just tell you right now, that is not the door. Even sometimes chasing after good things isn't the door. Check this out, Matthew 7, through 23. Jesus says, on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and we cast out demons in your name and we perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. In the same way that the Pharisees knew a lot about God, but they didn't know God, Jesus says, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who are breaking God's laws. And I just can't say it any more clearly than this. Many doors promise life but lead to death. And we often chase after those doors, even if it's a good thing. I've had to learn this in my life as well. Um, this is an example that I don't love to share because it low-key might change the way you think about me, so grace as I tell this story. Um, but I feel like I've been called to do what I'm doing right now. I feel like I have been gifted by the Holy Spirit to preach and to teach the gospel. And I feel like it's something I'm good at. Um, and I feel like um, I have the gift to, to illuminate the scripture and I'm proud that I get to do this. But when I was younger, I just thought, man, if I can just get on, I'm gonna say it, the big stage, then my life will be full. Like if I can just finally get on, on the main stage, the big stage and talk to the adults, they'll listen to me, it'll be awesome. And I thought if I just do good enough where I'm at, then someone will notice me and then I'll get an opportunity and then it'll be great. And then I'll have life and life to the full. I will have a rich and satisfying life because I'm teaching on the big stage. And I remember finally um, Nate texted me and I wanted to text back and be like, about time, buddy, right? Like I've been doing work over here. But instead I was like, hmm, I'll pray about it. You know, like the, like the, the right response, like I'll see him. And I, the first time I ever preached, um, I, I wrote the sermon. I thought it was really good. And you want to hear like the, the irony of God and how like amazing he is. Um, the first time I ever taught was during COVID and this room was empty. It was just a lesson that I will never, ever, ever forget. Um, but the second thing is I did the sermon and I preached and I talked about Jesus and I walked off stage. You know what's crazy? I didn't have life. And maybe it was good for that day. I felt really good about what I did. The next morning I woke up and I, I wasn't full. If anything, I was empty. Because the, the experience was over and now I was like, well, what's, what's next? And even something good, I hope you're hearing this, even something good as preaching the gospel, if that's the door that I'm chasing after, it's the wrong door. And if the only door I'm chasing after, even if it's in the name of Jesus, isn't the door that is Jesus, it's going to lead me to death because many doors promise life, but they lead to death. Now here's the good news. One door conquered death to lead us to life. John 10 um, verse nine says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. My purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. And we talked about it a second ago, but I'm just gonna read it one more time. Um, when Jesus says that anyone who comes in through me will be saved, he's talking about eternal life and salvation. He's saying, I am the way, I am the only entryway into a life after earth that is eternal. I am the only entryway into salvation that you can have a confidence on on earth. I am the only way into heaven. But then he goes even deeper. And he says this phrase where he says, you will go in and out and find pasture. And maybe if you, you don't know, you're just thinking like, oh, oh cool, geez, great. Like 
you're gonna give me pastures. Like that's really cool. But it's an old Hebrew phrase, go in and out. And what it meant was just to live your daily life. And then the going and finding pasture was this idea of the presence of God. And Jesus is saying, if, if you enter through the door, if you enter through the gate, you're going to live your daily life and have the presence of God. You're going to have a rich and a satisfying life. Now, no, he doesn't say you're gonna have um, a super successful life or a great comfortable life or the most fun life or an easy life. He says, you're gonna have a rich and a full life. That word in the Greek is this idea of abundance. You're gonna be satisfied, you're gonna be content, you're gonna be full because of Jesus and all you have to do is enter through the door. And here's what I love because we don't know this but the people who are listening would know this. When Jesus says enter through the door or to go through the door, um, shepherds during that time period, these sheep pens, they didn't have metal or wooden gates. The sheep wouldn't come up and the shepherd wouldn't be like password. They'd be like, bah, and then he'd get to go in, right? Like that, that wouldn't happen. The sheep would walk straight up to the shepherd and the shepherd would act as the physical gate. In fact, something amazing is that the shepherd um, would get down and, and every sheep that would come up, they say that he would know them by name, which is so crazy. And the sheep would come up and as they were about to go in, he would check over the sheep and he would look at their legs to see if any leg was broken. He would look um, in their fur to see if there was any um, like briars in there that they had to get pulled out. He would look to see if there was any blood to see if there was any attack. And then after he checked them over to make sure they were okay, he would get out of the way and he would say, come on in sheep, bah, or bow away, have a great day. And what's amazing is that he wouldn't just leave. He wouldn't just be like, all right, now that you're in here, I'm gonna go and, and good luck overnight. Um, during the night, the shepherd would get down and he would actually sleep in the gate. He would get all the way down here. Instead of having an actual gate to close to keep the predators out, he would become the gate and he would sit down there to deter predators from coming in and deter thieves and robbers from coming in. And you need to know this when Jesus says that he is the gate, he is the door, he is saying, I'm being that same shepherd for you. He said, you don't have to come up and have some special password. You don't have to do this or this or this and just get in finally. There's not any hoops to jump through. It's, it's, it's a person to come to. Going through the door is going to Jesus. Going through the door is seeing Jesus as, as someone who looks at you and when you go to him, he says, man, I see how you're broken. I see how you're hurting. I see what's going on in your life. I care about you and I love you. Going to Jesus is, is him sleeping in the gate. It's him laying his life down for us. It's him dying on the cross to have forgiveness of sins and eternal life and a rich and satisfying life on earth. And it's not him saying, I'm some distant or crazy faraway God who doesn't care. He's saying, I'm here, I'm with you. Will you just enter and come to me? See, going through the gate isn't, some crazy hoop or some rule or some, some thing you have to do. It's just a person to go to. Just a person to live with. First John 5, 12 says it like this. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. Church, the doors you enter, man, matter. Man, they matter. So can I just encourage, a remind, maybe rebuke, enter this door. Enter the true door, go to Jesus. 
Entering the door isn't just knowing facts about Jesus, it's knowing him. It's knowing him like you would know a friend or a family member or a spouse. Going to Jesus, entering the door isn't just talking about Jesus on a weekend. This is for me too, y'all. It's not just talking about him on a weekend or talking about him um, in, in a small group. Those are good things, but it's talking with him. It's living with him every single day. It's going in and out as the old Hebrew phrase would mean and finding pasture in every single moment. It's living with him, talking with him, being with him. It's not just coming to church, but it's going and being the church and living with a fear of God, with this this awesome wonder of how big and amazing he is that it changes your actions and it changes your heart and it changes your thoughts. And you say, I'm going to live differently. I'm going to love the people around me because I am the church. I know who Jesus is. I've entered through the door, living and, and entering through the door. It's not just knowing he died on the cross came back to life and is now with us. It's living every single day. Like that's a reality. And church, because the doors that you enter matter, I cannot say this enough, enter this door. Enter the true door. Because many, many doors promise life, will lead to death, but only one door, only one true door conquered death to lead us to life. Um, to end today, you have a little card at your seat. Um, maybe it's on the floor around you. Maybe it's in your cup holder. It just has the verse on it. It has the phrase on it that says, I am the gate or I am the door. And what I want you to do is I'm going to pray here in a second. And then we're going to sing a song. But while I'm praying and then through this next song, I want you to have the freedom. Um, to ask yourself what door you're going through. Say, so what am I chasing after that's gonna give me life in my mind? If it's not Jesus, it's not gonna do it. And maybe it's a moment just to say, God, I'm sorry. I'm not saying um, you have to get rebaptized or have to go through a class to make this happen. I'm just saying in this moment right here, you can, if you've gone off track and said, man, I'm going through the wrong door, just have a conversation. Just go to him, enter through that door. If you're going through the door right now, you're, you're on it with Jesus. Have a moment just to say, God, thank you and keep me here. Because the doors you enter matter. If you need to sit during this next song, you can feel free to do that. If you need to stand and just worship your heart out because you're so thankful there is a door, you can do that too. I'm gonna pray. I want you to think about that question. Lord, we love you. And God, we're thankful that you are the door. God, we're thankful that in a, in a world that has many doors that promise life but lead to death, there is a door that doesn't, and that's you. God, if there's someone in here um, this morning who has never entered the door, and God, today they're feeling that, they're feeling that push to do so, I'm, I'm, I wanna pray for them. God, that whatever door they were chasing after is shut, it is gone, it is, it is just completely out of their mind and there is only the true door in front of them. God, if there's someone in here um, who has gone away and they've entered the door, God, they've chased after you, they've called you Lord before, but now they, they, they found themselves a little far from home. I wanna pray for that person. God, that they remember their first love and they remember the true door. God, help us to think this week that the doors we enter matter and to live a life with 
and for you. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.